Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is you're listening, welcome to Ayers on the Road. Linda and Richard Ayer talking about families and marriage and parenting, all the good stuff, all the hard stuff. Right. Families are hard no matter what way you look at it, but boy, do they bring us a lot of joy. It's amazing. I mean, when we're happy and everything's good, um, we are, this morning we're notified of a group of people in Texas. We have actually a missionary granddaughter serving in Texas right in the middle of that ice and snowstorm. Oh my goodness. She sent us pictures with just icicles everywhere and flowers snow and like they've never seen before with ice and snow tons of snow and all their like but we had on. this opportunity today well we did i mean before i leave that i have to say that uh she has other missionaries moving into to her the stake center um is full of people from a rest home where all of the things uh, completely shut off everything and so the entire gym is caught caught and filled up with people but this morning we heard from our daughter that they're uh, at the border in mexico i mean in texas of course that uh, people have come across the border a family shelter the children are freezing the mothers and children there was a baby born there this morning they're just infants, and they are indeed in need, dire need of some blankets and shoes and socks. They don't have anything on their feet, honestly. So we were lucky to be able to help a little bit with that. But man, what a crazy world. You never know what's going to happen from one day to the next with a family. Well, that's for sure. And you never know what's going to happen from one week to the next on Ayers on the Road. We want to tell you a couple of exciting things today before we get into our subject matter, which is going to have to do... Well, I'm going to hold it off for a minute because I'm going to surprise you with the topic today. But we did want to say two things. Number one, some of you longtime listeners know that there's some social media awards given every year to the Instagram, the Facebook, the the blog, the YouTube, the podcast, all the social medias that there's six different categories and this award is called the Family Is Award and it's given to the one in each category which does the most to promote families and and to help parents, to help marriages that has the most family centric content and and seems to help families the most and it's a really interesting process uh, nominations come in and then they're screened by a committee and then there's a panel of judges that actually picks the one based on the following criteria which which of these social media these instagram these facebook these influencers out there which one does the most to celebrate commitment and to popularize parenting and to validate values. And what we think is so cool about this is we all worry about the internet for our children and some of the content that, that's unhelpful to family. But isn't it great when we find the things on social media that are powerful, positive helpers to families and to parents? And we want, we want any of you listeners, you can nominate and you can vote on this year's awards. All you need to do is go to awards.family.is, awards.family.is. 
And you may say, what is IS? Well, that's like .com, only it's for Iceland. <laughs> and we've got this this website that, that this is a URL based in Iceland because we like that it says is, so it's family is. So awards.family.is, go on there, nominate your favorite influencer, your favorite social media, and you'll be able to vote there on the one that wins these prizes. Well, your favorite social media that's geared to family. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, what one helps you the most? Go ahead and nominate it or vote for it. We um, did this last year for the first time. We're going to do the second annual awards in March. In, in, yeah, they'll be presented in April, so in they're April, coming right up. In April. So... We are really excited about this because we have discovered there is so much good content on in the inter- on the internet. But for it's hard families. to find sometimes. The, these awards right. help people to find it. And oh, when you go to awards.family.is, you'll also see last year's winners. So if any of you are interested in finding some new ideas or or positive aspects for your family you'll find them in the the, the people who won these right. awards or last just to year. be entertained with the the beautiful people that are there that was so fun last year we had so many outstanding uh, people who received the award and one more quick announcement and that is that we as again many of you know we're trying our goal is to get all of our books to be free we're trying to get the rights back from the publishers when the copyrights run out and we're trying to put them all online for free. And But we did a new thing this time, Linda. We, we wrote a book with our daughter, Sadie, and we didn't even publish it. We put it straight online for free. Right. IrishFreeBooks.com. And it's, a, it's an important one because it's called Opening the Door to Family Revelation. We've talked about it a bit in this show as the years have gone by or as the time has gone by since we started doing this. And uh, we did have an interesting experience doing this, especially with our daughter, who's a brilliant writer. And so we decided, well, let's just put it straight online and not fuss with it. That I mean, there is some disadvantage to it being free, and that is not edited. <laughs> so you got to be aware of that. It hasn't, hasn't had three or four professional editors right. read it yet. Right. But in a way, that's kind of what we want, because we see it, we call it a netbooks. We mentioned this last week on the show, talked a lot about it, but it's like Netflix. Instead of going to a theater to see the movie, you get it straight to your home. This is Netbooks. Instead of buying it in a book, you get it straight into your computer. And it's an important subject because we all need family revelation. We all need help from a higher source with our children. We do. But we're going to go a little different direction this morning. Well, not different than family. Of course, it's going to be family. But um, we are, um, we're, we're really interested in doing something um, that we haven't really approached before. I mean, we have indirectly, but you explain. Well, we mentioned earlier the criteria for these awards is, is recognizing people that celebrate commitment and popularized parenting. Commitment is the key word we want to talk a little about today because it's the glue that holds families together. And Linda, if I were to say to you the word vow, V-O-W, what would that what would that mean to you straight out of the shoot? By the way, it rhymes with wow. <laughs> vow and wow. What what is a wow vow? As a Dr. Zeus <laughs> poet, you really, really need to know that. Um, it is a vow is something that you commit to 
and you really mean it. Yeah, there's a there's a little. We're in Hawaii still, as many of you longtime listeners know. We're here doing some work, and there's a a big hotel not far from where we are that has, of all things, on its beautiful lawn going down to the ocean, a little chapel, a little wedding chapel, so that people could come to Hawaii and get married. But I was talking to the fellow there the other day, and he said, you know, most people that come here, they're not here to get married. They're here to renew their vows. And I said, well, that's interesting. Really, there's that much to it. He said, yeah, that's the new thing. People want to come and renew their vows and once again, you know, promise each other's fidelity and so on. And I thought, what a great idea. But should we need to do that? Or should our commitment in marriage be so complete that it never, ever needs to be renewed? I think we should really do that every year just on our own <laughs> but it's hard to do if you don't formalize it um, you just don't wake up in the morning and say I vow to be faithful to you today <laughs> yeah, it should um, be longer lasting than that we have a wonderful friend by the name of Bradford Wilcox who is the head of the marriage project at the University of Virginia and he's also, he produces a, a weekly bulletin called the Institute for Family Studies. And we got up this morning and we, we were reading it. And let us read you just a couple of paragraphs of what it said. And then we'll use this as a starter point for our discussion. I have to say he is a brilliant mind and he writes a wonderful column. It's a, a newsletter, I guess, every week. So this is it. The transition from a traditional to liberal society has been accompanied by a transformation in our understanding of marriage from an institution model to a romantic model. model. I think that's very interesting. While romantic love is a powerful motivator to form personal relationships, it often fades when those relationships become rocky. Traditional marriage is a social institution with moral obligations. It forms the core of families, promotes social stability, and endures fluctuating emotions notwithstanding. So think about this. Traditional societies are not frozen in the past. They're characterized by accepting and building upon the wisdom of the ages that has been handed down from one generation to the next. Societies capable of standing the test of time are organized in conformity with the common human nature. We human beings naturally live not as rugged individuals, but as members of communities. Within a true community, there exists a harmony of the good of the members and the good of the community. Um, it really is amazing um, how that turns things around in your mind, and I had not thought of that before. It's true. We just think of marriage as being a romantic thing to do and not a... a full commitment to somebody I mean obviously we the marriage vows include those commitments but it has changed it's changed from the time when my um, I remember my aunt really he and my uncle when I was a child desperate for a little boy to help them with their farm yeah you know they they really were so excited when they got a little boy because they knew that that is really sexist yeah, that <laughs> but, is. That he could help him on the farm, and I never thought of that as a child. But it really is amazing that they really had children to help them uh, in those days. It, it was not uh, 
let's have everything that we can possibly get our hands on to make this child wonderful. It is uh, something to help the family. Well, the point is that uh, a marriage, we, we think of it today in so many different ways, but the point I think that these authors are making is we need to understand that community is the key to everything, and the the basic unit of any community is a committed family, a committed marriage. And if you don't have that, you just don't really have anything. And so we're going to talk a little in the second half of the show about the importance of that single word, that word commitment, and how to make it last and how to make it strong and how to make it so that uh, it never goes away. Commitment is also the thing that gives people, I think, a personal security within their families and it also is a simplifier it's the thing that says if the commitment is strong enough you are really never going to have to second guess yourself or go back or say we're having a bad day today maybe we shouldn't have ever got married in the first place that's never going to happen if the commitment is a hundred percent yeah and that's hard some days (laughs) we know that um And you all do, anyone out there who's married. It really is difficult to remember that no matter what, you are committed. Now, we're not saying in situations where there's abuse or, you know, things that are impossible, but um, it really is an interesting thought of how you can work through difficulties in marriage and have it come out happy. I mean, it takes, sometimes it takes years to do that. Right. And we do live in a time when cohabitation is taking over for marriage, when more young people move in together in a cohabitation relationship than in a marriage relationship. And many people think that's the smart way to go, the conservative approach, live with someone for a while, take a test drive in this car before you decide that you are going to buy the car. It really is fascinating to think about marriage, especially those of us who are 50 years down the road. Um, For many of our children, they're just starting their marriage and there are ups and downs and there are great days and rocky days and um, it is really, it is the test of life to come up with what commitment really means. How strong is your commitment? How strong is our commitment? We'll talk a little more about that right after this brief break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back talking today about how marriage has changed through the years. Think about your own parents and the marriage that they had growing up. It is so different now. It is, um, I mean, both of us had parents who were, my dad was 13 years older than my mother. It was a second marriage for him. His first wife died. My mom was 38 when she was married, 41 when she had me, and 42 when she had my sister. Um, It really, and they had no idea that there was any danger in that. So thank goodness they went ahead and had us. But marriage is so different now than it was 50 years ago, even 50 years ago when we were married. Yeah. Um, 
It's quite remarkable. So listen to this little first sentence from this good friend we mentioned in the first half, Bradford Wilcox at the University of Virginia. And as you read that, I have to say we've got a little, a little construction going on <laughs> in the background. Don't worry about that if you, if you hear, hear it. A, it is coming from us. If you hear a beeping noise, just, uh, just, just think of it as saying, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. <laughs> okay. Uh, after 10 years of off-and-on-again dating and eventually moving in together, celebrity couple Liam Helmsworth and Miley Cyrus recently tied the knot in a small ceremony in their home, surrounded by family and a few friends. In an interview, Helmsworth talked about the couple's decision to wed and what it feels like to be a married man, which he described as the same but different, adding... We've been together for a long time, and it felt like this was the right time to do it. Not much about the relationship changes after marriage, but you kind of have the husband and wife thing. It's great. I'm loving it. Helmsworth and Cyrus are following an increasingly popular romantic path for young adults today. First they date, then they cohabit for a while, and then maybe they get married. The Census Bureau reports that the percentage of cohabiting adults ages 25 to 34 increased from 12% a decade to go to more than 15% in 2018, while the percentage of 25 to 34-year-olds who are married continued to decline, the cohabitation rate going up rather steeply, the marriage rate going down. Whereas 59% of 25 to 34-year-olds were married in 1978, only 30% are married today. 30% of all of the 25 to 34-year-olds in this country, only 30% are married today. Um, the, this is a big change. And so uh, Wilcox goes on to say, not surprisingly, cohabiting is now accepted by most Americans as either a step toward marriage or the equivalent of it. And three-fourths agree that raising kids in a cohabiting relationship is acceptable. In fact, shotgun cohabitations are quickly overtaking shotgun, shotgun marriages, and the majority of unmarried births today are to a cohabiting couple, not a lone mother. This is a big, this is a sea change. And, and, and what people fail to understand is that the facts, the data, that's what we like so much about this Institute of Family Studies that we're going to be talking a lot about in the next few weeks. It's data-driven. It's not just someone's opinion. It's data-driven. And here's the facts. Um, I'll, I'll just give you three. Well, I'll read one, and Linda will read one, and I'll read one. Number one, married adults are more likely than cohabiting adults to report relationship satisfaction. So we're dealing with polling data here. Surveys show that married adults were more likely to report being very happy in their relationship, even after controlling for education, relationship, duration, and age within the study. In fact, after adjusting for these variables, the married women had a 54% likelihood of being in the highest relationship satisfaction group, and married men have 49% likelihood of being in the highest satisfaction bracket on the study. For cohabiting women and men, those likelihoods declined to 35%. So the, the simple fact is, the data shows 
that you're you're more likely to be in a satisfied relationship if you're married than if you're cohabiting. This is just data. Number two. Now, before we go on to number two, I have to say the man who who writes this, who directs this um, this whole thing that they're doing right now on the family is amazing. I mean, he is doing it because he is so committed to family. He all has, also has nine children, several adopted children. Yeah, we've it become a, a personal really, friend is, with Brad. Uh, but this is not the Brad Wilcox who is a member of our church. There is a there's Brad a, There's Wilcox another one, is, yeah. This is a good, strong is, Catholic man at the University of Virginia who runs this program. But here's the second thing we know for sure. Okay, so married adults are also more likely to report higher levels of relationship commitment than cohabiting adults. Well, that's not surprising because, you know, they haven't signed anything. They're, yeah, yeah. You, you know, they really, these people, the ones that are married are committed. Overall, 46% of married adults were in the top relationship commitment group, compared to slightly over 30% of cohabiting adults. So again, that's the second one. You're, so again, the data shows, number one, you're going to be more satisfied with your life and your marriage if you're married than if you're cohabitating. Two, you're going to be have a higher relationship of commitment in the relationship. And three... Married adults are more likely than cohabiting adults to report higher levels of relationship stability. The, the data simply shows, and, and we haven't even gotten into the question of um, how likely they are to split up as the, as the thing goes forward. And Linda, it reminds me of our, we spent a whole chapter in our recent book, The Eight Myths of Marriaging, um, talking about one of those eight myths, which is the test drive myth. Let's just share this again with you to kind of hammer home this fact. Okay, so this is what we are hearing our friends, and we love many, we have many people in our neighborhood who are cohabiting, we love them, we think they're terrific human beings, but this is the myth that they have fallen for. Uh, you wouldn't buy a car until you've taken a test drive, and it is unwise to make a marriage commitment before you've lived together long enough to know if it'll work. And the truth is, it is the commitment that will make the marriage work. Real security comes from promising and implementing complete allegiance, not from conditional, tentative, try it and see. Now, there's some sub-myths about this. Think about these for a minute. Um... Number one, formal commitments don't matter. We don't need some license or certificate or ink on paper to be in love and live together. That's the myth. The truth is, formally married couples have twice as high a chance of being together 10 years from the, the day that they move in together than those without that ink on the paper. Mm -hmm. It's the ink on the paper, it's the commitment that gets them through the hard times that they're inevitably going to have within their relationship. Number two, sub-myth. The longer you wait and the older you are when you get married, the better your marriage will be. And there's the truth is there is no one-size-fits-all or one ideal age for marriage. It's more about preparation and commitment than it is about how old you are at the time you get married. Number three, sub-myth. The relationship I have 
the more likely no, the more relationships the more relationships i have the more likely i will be to find the right one the one that will last and the truth is several uncommitted relationships will never add up to one committed one so we want you to think hard about that and even the word the word relationship has been perverted in a lot of ways and we want you to think in terms more of commitment um, for many years we've taught a seminar on prioritizing relationships above everything else in life and the word relationship has become to us one of the most important words in the english language and of course in our minds at least the marriage relationship is the most important but over the last decade or two the word itself has taken on a new meaning that we don't like a meaning that in some ways connotes the very opposite of what we think the word should mean we remember one of the first times a certain juxtaposition came to our attention in in the question and answer phase of a seminar we were giving a young man raised his hand and he said i'm currently in a relationship and the connotation was that relationships are things you can move into and out of like an apartment and you know you're in one today you're in another one tomorrow you're moving out whenever you don't like well, it anymore and that is true when you're dating you know yeah. that's that you move in and out of relationships all the time but i think he meant we're in a committed relationship and cohabiting yeah and so you know it's really important to try to understand that the commitment is the thing it's not something you do after you've made it through the hard times it is the thing that will get you through those hard times well now richard i need to ask you a question because we have friends whose children are cohabiting and they're not happy about it they're they're so um they are committed they have grown up with this commitment uh, issue in their lives and they've had hard times and they've worked through it but they're married and so on usually the parents so what do you tell those parents to tell those kids i mean we all this is all theory this is great but what if it's happening actually in your family what do you say you say hey get married <laughs> <laughs> you would and you would but you know i would haul out some of these statistics and say you know if you really if you really feel like you love each other you will give your relationship quote unquote the greatest chance of enduring and getting past the hard times that are inevitably going to come if you make the total commitment the total vow of a marriage yep there is a fine line though between saying you know if you're gonna do if you're gonna be like that then you're just not part of our family there are there are parents who would do that I mean how do you deal with that well think about this for a minute maybe maybe they could use a song maybe they could use a John Legend song in order to do it <laughs> let, let us let us share something with you here <coughs> okay this is from our book again we're writing this chapter from the middle of the uh, Mediterranean where we're speaking on a cruise. I forgot about this. Mm -hmm. And as luck would have it, the magic show in the ship's theater gave us the metaphor we're looking for. Real, nothing held back marriage commitments actually become a kind of magic. It's the magic of synergy, of a combination where the total is greater than the sum of its parts, where one plus one can equal more than one, much more. A year later in Philadelphia, we were reminded of this kind of magic by a singer and songwriter, John Legend, who was the commencement speaker at our son's graduation from UPenn. He talked about his song, All of Me, 
it's a song about the magic commitment where all of me loves all of you. And yes, as the undying romantic, that that was so great. I mean, it was so fun. John Legend did go to UPenn and graduated from UPenn. But he did, he was a commencement speaker, and he was marvelous. I think he was the best commencement speaker we've ever heard. I think heard. he was. And Maybe it's because we were so excited about his message. About his message. But think about that. Of course marriage can be thought of as a responsibility, which it certainly is. It can be thought of as a duty and a sacrifice and a challenge, all of which would be accurate. And these same words would also be fitting descriptions for children and family that usually come with the marriage. But if those were the only context for marriage, we might miss the most important and most fantastic aspect of what a marriage is and what it can be. We might miss the all of me loves all of you part. And we might miss the magic of knowing marriage as synergy, adventure, and as the ultimate security and joy okay so do you uh, you know what do you really believe that all of you love all of me all of me <laughs> all of me are even, we gonna get personal here yes even the times when um i drive you crazy because i am so detail oriented i have to get so many details done and i i i just I think that we need to really think about that as our marriage goes forward. Um, I think I've gotten better about well, loving all of you. Guess what? We're out of time, but I'm going to answer your question as the final shot here, okay? Okay. I've decided I love all of you because you're a complex, nuanced individual. And if I tried to pick out one little thing I'd change... And even if I had a magic wand and could change it, that might set off a chain reaction and change the very things I love most about you. So I'm with John Legend. All of me loves all of you, and that's the way it's ever going to be, and you, you can't get out of it. <laughs> I'll remind you of that during our next argument. All right. We're so glad you joined us today. We're um, delighted that you stuck with us, and we hope that you're out there having a great marriage and family life. And we will see you next time on Ours on the Road. Bye Thanks bye. for listening.